Welcome to another episode of Let's Hookah. On this week's episode, I sat down with comedian Katie Boyle to talk about everything from comedy to consent, body images, fast fashion, and ADD. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please join my Patreon for more content, comment and rate this episode, and follow us on social media. Thank you! Welcome to Let's Hookah. Today we have Katie Boyle. What's up, Katie? Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Our second guest that doesn't smoke hookah. Oh, who was your first guest? Mo Yakub. Oh, he doesn't smoke hookah. No, and I assumed he did because he's a brown man. (laughs) Stereotyping. (laughs) But it's okay. I'm allowed to do it. (laughs) It's what I say, but I don't think that's true. I mean. Yeah. It's fine. We set the precedent. So once he was like, I don't actually smoke. I was like, you know what? That means I can bring my friends on who don't smoke as well yeah. so yeah here you are <laughs> yeah we're drinking tea so drinking that's tea the yeah next I am, best thing. that's the next best thing and that's also very middle eastern too you know we always smoke smoke hookah and drink tea okay. remember we went to went to that place in queens yeah they didn't have any alcohol it was just and hookah yeah. And, and tea yeah that makes sense and they brought us tea with mint in it which was horrible you hated i love oh yeah i really I dislike mint, mint and tea. tea my that hookah place in in the uk i used to go to because my hookah always have mint in it they would always bring out the tea with mint as well assuming I would like it right? It's a fair assumption yeah. But I was always like Ew Give me tea without mint in it You know why Now I'm just making the connection Because obviously you guys Eat a lot of spicy food Yeah And then you have mint tea So you're always like Oh we can handle spicy food But I think the mint tea helps <laughs> You think mint- I mean I think you can handle Way more spicy food Than my whole uh, country's population But um, but I Anytime I eat spicy food If I feel a bit sick I have a mint tea And I feel way better Really Oh yeah mint tea is like a. It helps your digestion Digestion oh, huh. Doesn't help you Know how to speak words put it <laughs> digestion um yeah and it like soothes it nice okay hmm. like i had a lamb curry it. yesterday and curries definitely make my stomach a little bit like hello but then i just had a tea afterwards I mean, it soothes it. is it the curry thing because of the spice or because they usually use cream um i try to get ones without cream and that oh, helps okay. but the spice can be a little but i've definitely built up a tolerance since it over here really yeah like nine day when i first moved over my friend is a chef an irish chef and he invited me to his house and made dinner so i didn't want to be rude and not eat what he made but he it in jalapenos and I was like wow. violently shitting <laughs> in his bathroom afterwards <laughs> and he still brings it up to this day he's like why didn't you he thinks I was puking because at the time it just seemed less embarrassing to say I'm puking in there oh. uh, but uh, he said like why wouldn't I just tell him and I was like oh, I'd rather be uh, you know sick than rude <laughs> because it's like very rude in Ireland not someone's food anyway the way I was brought up yeah I would say that about the Middle East as well although you're, you're always supposed to say no three times yeah it's the same in Ireland that's why so today I came in and uh, you were like do you want a sandwich and I was like no 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 thanks and then I was like shit I'm doing the Irish thing I don't know if you're going to keep offering so then I was like actually I would like because with Leland my boyfriend's American for the listeners he when we first started dating he would ask me something and I was like oh no no it's okay and he'd be like okay and I'd be like no you have to ask again like you gotta ask at least three times this is like a polite exactly you have to so I was telling this story yesterday to some people about how I had this friend in Denmark who's uh, Iraqi and she, he'd go to the home of his friend Danish like white Danish people and they'd be like alright we're gonna have dinner now and he'd go I'm okay I don't want dinner I'm not hungry and then Danish people these people would just be like okay so you can just continue playing we're just gonna go have dinner and this kid would be starving oh, no. <laughs> well I'm telling you in Ireland he would've been fed yeah cause Danish people were just like okay well we're That's not gonna wild. ask that again that so American I can't believe oh, I it's know so nothing weird. about Denmark though only from what you've told me right but uh, yeah cause even when I was when I was younger you'd always be told I would say no if they offer food don't be letting them go to you and then when you go and 
dinner like we're making dinner but it's but then your parents will also be like but also eat everything they give you do you know right. so it's like but so you know the whole rigmarole of no no thank you don't go out of your way and they're like the plates are they're basically like hand feeding it to you you know um, yeah the food culture is so interesting I wonder if that's because you know in countries where there is more wealth disparity you might have like poorer people in the country who have less food less access you know maybe for people to not seem poor like they have to be like no I'm okay I don't want food whereas you know in a country like Denmark everyone has access to food you know I'm just thinking where did that come from I don't know I feel like with Ireland it's more of a you never look like you're putting someone out of their way mm. so maybe that fits into the food thing too like it just looks polite to be like oh no like we have right. a, a famous show called Father Ted and Mrs. Doyle is in it have you heard about these people no so it's about priests and then Mrs. Doyle works at the priest's home and so every time someone visits she goes you'll have a cup of tea and they'll say no okay don't go out of your way and she goes go on and they go no she goes go on and they go and then she goes go on go on go on go on it's like a whole joke and eventually they'll be like okay I'll have a and she was like oh fine if you don't want one um, but it's like a and then it, or she'll just like bring in the tea and she's making the and they're saying no but uh, I'm trying to think is it a I don't yeah I just don't know I don't know cause I, I, I don't know yeah I feel like it's anybody I've met knows the whole culture in Ireland of saying no multiple times means. no it's not whether you're poor or not it's just wh- I meant where is that where has that started like did people not want to it's like the whole thing of like you know back in the day people thought if you were a bigger woman that suggested wealth because you had access to food yeah. so people thought internalized that and they thought bigger women were a sign of wealth and that was more beautiful so that's just what I mean like where did that originally come from not that it applies today because yeah, most people have food security I would say in Ireland or, or like you know in Turkey people I would say a lot of people have uh, now I'm just being dismissive of poverty I, but, ju- you I, know. Just, I just don't know yeah I was trying to yeah. think if it was or more of a like okay because you're saying it's to seem like you have money but I just wonder if it's more like a to seem like your life then where does that come from? right where did that come from like it's very yeah like let's say me saying to Leland like Leland asked me a question I say oh no thank you and the fact that he doesn't ask again would seem as kind of like rude mm. to me where I'm like all right yeah but you know it's interesting okay so I, I I really don't know about like the where these things come from if it's like a birth thing or whatever but it can even be seen in sex so in my generation you would always say no um it's oh no like or you can come back with me but we're just making tea mm. and I'm this is wrong I know that it's wrong but I was also part of the problem where you do this like no be coy type of culture right. and it made men like be pushy yes, and they, yeah. they push you into it so you don't feel guilty about having sex and not mm. like they physically grab you but they'd be like go on go on and kind of like pressure you a little bit and you'll be like okay fine um and like moving to America I realized that that's like really not okay on both ends because right. like the man should play not in this dance of like but that's it's the same as the tea you know you say no a couple of times like go on go on go on it actually also seep, seeped into sex culture right and I think people younger than me are probably way better and know more about scent and make sure that if someone says no okay see you later I'd hope but, uh, mm. but when I was growing up it was definitely very that was in tea that was in sex that was in yeah, whatever yeah. you always be like no 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 yeah it's true I wonder I wonder what it is but you're saying that this that the sex thing is about shame so I wonder if the shame thing also applies to the food thing yeah. where like you would feel shame for like for being too hungry or like you know yeah maybe and maybe with Ireland because of famine culture even though the famine yeah. was so long ago it's definitely still uh like no one my age thinks about it but I know like my grandmother would be like oh you've put on weight you look good and like I remember saying it to right. my stepmother like Jesus and she was like oh that's because they're still affected because they grew up like very close to like let's say like her grandparents mm-hmm. would have been affected by the famine so that talk was still around and she, you know she grew up maybe 20 like maybe during the civil war 20 years after the Brits had left but there was still like all this shit going on so uh, yeah to them seeing and so like it was a very poor country 
right. it's only like recently so it's them like putting on weight is like again a sign of wealth yeah, yeah so maybe it all comes down and that is like an old European history as well because of that wealth disparity like you had the aristocrats who had access to money and you know we can look at old paintings now and be like wow these women were all chubby right yeah. like you can see that now like they all kind of look like me and bigger you know like that's set the standards here <laughs> evolution <laughs> I mean but it's huh? swung back around now you know bigger girls are back in and that's attractive and oh you think so I, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, wealth anymore but anymore yeah yeah, yeah. do with like Kim Kardashian and having a big bum and, right. and that has become more it's just and which is great it's funny though with women it seems to be like fucking either one or the other you're always pitted against yourself so when yeah. I grew up it was like you have to be skinny and if you had a right. fat arse that was like you were like slagged about it roasted mm. about it whereas now if you have a small arse you're roasted about it and it's like women can't fucking win they're either too skinny they're too fat they're, yeah. and it swings and it's and one it's, way we're never the ones who make the shots about what is good right like what is good looking it's like what are men attracted to what are like I never hear this from it's it's always from the perspective of a man what is considered attractive yeah and I feel like like there maybe it's from a man but let's say majority of normal men not to, like men who just live in the street not live in the street but like live in our world <laughs> yeah. you know they're all di- attracted to different things they're not just yeah. attracted to mainstream or they're attracted to like like different uh, body sizes I mean at the end of the day men are attracted to anything they're as long as they take their they take their clothes off they're attracted to it so I would counterpoint you and think okay. that it's actually women and gay men who uh, oh, who actually because and gay men are great but they're evol- uh, kind of involved in like that industry and women are and who are the one putting these women on the magazine who are the one who are like mm. I gotta grow a big arse like him like I always say I need to get a bigger arse and my boyfriend's like he's not putting right. that on me it's me seeing other women and them posting and other women being like and I know like you'll hear men saying like yeah I like a big arse and I like a big tits and, but I, I don't know I think I think women and I think everybody's a part of the problem right okay you know, I just I, I yeah. remember seeing a gay guy talking about it on TikTok and being like we are also a part of the problem we're picking we're the mm. one like picking women and you know and again obviously not all gay men but it was just an interesting so at the end of the day across. men men were the problem and <laughs> gay women. or straight I mean all of us <laughs> yeah it's like it's like this women oh. uh, slut shame each other there's so much internalized misogyny mm. um, you know I remember thinking when that thing happened to me where I was stealthed like oh I was such a good woman for not talking out about it oh, you know no, like because yeah. like I don't want to cause any drama and it's not that bad of an assault and now years later then I'm like more educated and realized my own internalized misogyny mm-hmm. was like oh my god I was just like part of the problem because I mean at the time I still wouldn't have done anything because I come from a culture where I thought it was my fault what did I do wrong and but that's all internalized misogyny so I, I think like we were all a part of the problem and so does that make sense yeah I think that's just a good example to use because I thought oh I would be a bad woman if I spoke out when it's not really that bad of a but then years later when I learn about it and hear it happen to friends I'm like that's really bad <laughs> right I wouldn't say you're part of the problem because this is they you've been indoctrinated with this groomed, right yes. like you've been groomed you've been this is what society has taught us I like know. we're victims of society it's right so in that way true because I think like how your parents would be like you always have to smile you gotta be polite you gotta hug I remember being brought up that I got in trouble once because I did hug my uncle and it's just funny now because now I realize no that's okay I shouldn't have to hug someone I'm not humble hugging because to them it was you be polite lady you smile yeah. you uh, and it, you know and I, I'm like I, I don't remember but I wonder if my brothers were told to smile as much mm. as me and my sisters were and I and of course that generation of parents are all learning now as well like, I know that they were just trying to do the best thing but yeah because they are just trying to protect you you know when yeah. they're like don't wear a skirt too short that's their way of protecting you but it's also they might not realize but they're just uh, feeding into the narrative of men can't control themselves it's your fault if something right. happens right um, but yeah I was thinking a lot about like that whole having to smile or like having to hug. when it's actually I think young girls now if we teach 
some of the kids like if you don't want to hug someone that's fine mm-hmm. um and it doesn't mean it's rude it's just kind of like you're not comfortable and let's talk about why you're not comfortable yeah. what is the uh, because that way it lets them establish boundaries like you know absolutely yeah just everyone stay away yeah it's and that's solution. like all across the board yeah. no matter what religion no matter where you're from i think definitely in like catholicism anyway there's a lot of uh onus on the woman to be a certain way mm. and women uh, slut shame and we're all like not really catholics anymore but we still have all of that guilt and like yeah. you know weird things that came that got passed on through the so and it's funny because you'll have like so let's say if you were to say that to like a, a, a christian an american christian they'd be like oh my god well that's like so unfair but then it's like you look at their situation and they were going through the exact same thing you know like right. a, a similar thing where it's like well don't you have all these other rules that you have been put on you like it's yeah every yeah. every culture has it, it's like uh, uh you probably don't want to talk about your short your your short story you sent me that will be a novel oh that will be a novel that'll come some other time well there was something you said in it that was pointing at racism but when i read it i was like this is also even though these white people were being racist they were also being misogynist to their own women yeah it was just yeah. interesting I, and when you talk about it i think it'll be it's just such a i've been thinking about it a lot because yeah, yeah it just showed how even in this where they think they're like more civilized mm-hmm. they're just really oppressive Absolutely. and then women fall into they, women fall yeah. into into line with it because they think well oh yeah i'm more civilized but actually you're also just being oppressed yeah but we can tell the story here so it's about this the story is about this um this man and this this teacher who in this fictitious european place will uh told his student that um his students that immigrant women who give birth at the hospital um scream louder than white women so he makes this comment because his wife is a nurse and this is this is their observation and so that was like something really triggering to the to the protagonist because it suggests that even at something as natural as childbirth uh he makes immigrant women seem savage and like they don't know yeah. how to do it and you should be quiet and then you pointed out that how that suggests that uh you know it's like a man's reflection on women should be quiet and not seen and not heard and it just shows the internalized misogyny from the nurse right the nurse came back and is like oh yeah they're much louder but then you're looking at those other women are expected there's an onus on them not to be loud and to be very quiet and give birth the most horrific thing right and she also believes that as a woman she's judging certain yeah. and she's going back to him and saying it to him probably looking for like like to satisfy him like mm-hmm. yeah like our women are more quiet which is like again puts in that that's like that british imperialistic women are like uh i don't know i i don't have the vocab for it but it's like that their their women are like quiet and ladylike mm-hmm. and that's they should be able to scream too there yeah. shouldn't be a different and then and then this is the one thing that should join all of these women together that at right. the base level it's like everybody shits the same everybody gives birth the same everybody do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you're creating life or whatever yeah. and they could still find a way to divide and when they're so, and by doing it they're also oppressed i feel like they're also yeah. oppressing their own women because it's like they're being like yeah you got to be like quiet mm-hmm. women should be seen and not heard yeah. i remember people would say that you know growing up and being like it's just so weird because now i'm over here and all i'm doing is being seen and being heard right <laughs> isn't that amazing though i i always talk about that about the what comedy makes me feel like is that it gives you this agency like as a woman of color i can go on stage and i can say whatever i want and no matter who's in the audience has to listen to me yeah. and i find that so empowering but uh, do you find that as well yeah yeah i especially think because you know again growing up in ireland never hear our women doing comedy Maeve higgins was like the main one um and now there's more there's joanne is she the one who runs butter yeah 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 so i would have saw her when i was younger but i never really saw her doing stand-up i just saw her in comedy things but the people who did stand-up and did hours it was all Mm. men on the road and it just never it never even occurred to me that women would do comedy in ireland you know and i think it's changing now over the last few years as more irish women do 
doing comedy and art. But um, but yeah, it just it just and I'm look, I'm, it was it was a man's profession and it still is. You know, only ten percent of people of women are making money off it. The other ninety is men. But um, my point being that it was very freeing to come over here and not be put in a box because I come from a small town where everybody talks behind your back, everybody's very gossipy, and you're kind of are put in a box. And you are so much that when I was doing comedy, people were like, "What the fuck mm. happened? Did she have like a brain transplant? <laughs> like it's not like I'd ever given a sign." Right. Uh, and even when I was living in Ireland, I had a boyfriend for years, and I would tell him something funny was the conversation would going would go be going on and he would repeat it and all the guys would laugh at him and it wasn't until I was over here I realized he was just stealing my jokes but I also didn't have the confidence to do it myself you know it's just mm. weird loads of little things when I was at home like that I see here that I'm like so I worked in a restaurant and the chef would like slap my arse all the time and my boyfriend would slap this other girl's arse and she would slap back it's all like playful and then one day the chef uh, grabbed an older lady's tits and she like reported it, and she ended up getting fired um, or kind of forced out of the job and it's just like coming to America and realizing like and everybody kind of shamed her like why would she bother like just made a mistake and now she's making a big deal so it was all that again like women That's should be quiet so messed up yeah yeah and she's like she's amazing she's this amazing older woman who uh, yeah just fair play to her like she yeah. was like no no but no. but like I remember even the discourse was kind of like oh she's making a big deal about this like is it worth mm. it um, and that guy was like he was fucked up he took one of the girls who was really drunk up to his bedroom and they or up to the hotel room and they did stuff and she was younger and drunk but like not super young but like you know it's definitely a abuse of power. power dynamic yeah and then he brought his wife and kids to the restaurant the next day while she was serving oh shit so but yeah it just feels like or I've have, I have friends who work over here in companies and they tell me stories about working in Ireland and how working in like offices I won't say the jobs but like big companies and they're selling and the older men would be like oh well done girly oh look the girl got like little like misogynist like yeah. um, I can't remember exactly the sentence but it was something about calling them girly and like really trying to like be like wow look at you you could do it like the onus is that how is a woman that right right yeah so I think for me yeah, coming over here was very freeing and let mm. me explore things I would have never in art uh, and yeah love doing comedy because again and yeah just like I said very whatever the words you use empowering yeah so what what brought you into comedy I remember you talked to me about your roommates being like you're funny you should go on stage yeah what was that experience I mean, well it was my Latin friends so I wasn't roommate with one of them at the time I did later on but I would always tell them stories we always laughing they were like do comedy and then my friend came over and she booked tickets for over the eight which is a comedy used to be a comedy place. it's not anymore they've shut down and I saw Maria Wojciechowski doing comedy and she was the only girl in the lineup and she fucking murdered she was way funnier mm. than any of the guys and I was like oh this is what I want to do so I just started doing open mics after that and became friends with her like pretty quickly and just kind of like was inspired by Maria so yeah that's amazing yeah. I love that yeah I don't think I had any female influences in comedy until I started doing comedy before then it was always men it was a woman like seeing a woman is the reason why I did it because I was like oh women can do this because I'd only ever saw Maeve Higgins and even I remember even looking up Maeve's comedy online and I could find it Maeve doesn't post a lot of her stand-up but I remember after that being like oh I should look up Maeve and see mm. and I saw like one thing for three minutes but I couldn't really find it um but yeah I had yeah that was it was seeing another woman and like she's way funnier than all the guys I kind of grew up with the whole like men women, saying, are, women funny. are funny and men are funny or men are, that's their thing and men should be funny uh being here and out of a relationship with like a shitty guy was really freeing because I was just being funny with my friends and they were like loving it they weren't like yeah oh, yeah that's it's weird how how that that whole narrative of like women aren't funny and men are funny so that for evolution like so that if they're not good looking they can still f get women this is ridiculous and yeah it's also like some of the funnier guys are good looking so. yeah you know <laughs> yeah, you can be yeah. funny and good looking yeah, too be. and that's the change with women in comedy too is when i started out women dressed really badly and they didn't want to seem as good looking mm -hmm. or they were like be like trying to be and now you see more women like, and whatever being like I'm 
I'm not super sexual, but I appreciate when you see someone like dressed up and they're okay with looking hot on stage. Yeah. I have to say though, personally, I still don't feel comfortable doing that. Like being dressed up on stage. I just don't feel comfortable being dressed up even at a wedding. It's not part of my personality. Yeah. Whereas those women dress up all. So it's like, at least they're not. Same way we're not changing. It'd be like if we just started dressing up on stage all of a sudden just to appease. Fair play to them not changing their, like uh, my example is Karen Fee. She's Mm. so sexy and hot and she's not like, I'll sometimes wear a tracksuit bomb. She's still really hot in it. But my point is she's not, if she's out that day wearing her heels and her dress, she's going on stage like that. Yeah. That's part of her. That's part of her persona. It'd be weird if she like brought a baggy t-shirt with her and then uh, and like big glasses and she got on she was like eh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's funny because sometimes I do feel like let's say I am more dressed up because I'm doing something with friends or whatever after I if I know I'm going on stage I will deliberately not dress up okay. because it makes me uncomfortable to be dressed up I'm comfortable dressing up normally yeah. but on stage I find it weird because you know that's why my my regular stage clothes is just baggy pants like mom jeans and a t-shirt yeah. that's usually my 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 clothes on stage and I think anything other than anything tighter anything more revealing feels like I'm taking attention away from the, sh- the comedy does that make sense yeah I understand it I do but I, I think I also, it's ridiculous I think it's also yeah, like it also internalized into, like, the misogyny, misogyny yeah, yeah. of like trying to not be sexualized not to be feminine on stage because why like why would that matter to anyone it's like you're like in working girl wearing the, right. like, the shoulder pads the other day the other day actually like a couple of weeks ago um this was after you and i came back from texas and i had the show in the village and i went down i, I was wearing like sweatpants and like t-shirt i was really not looking well and i but i was so tired after the trip so i went and this guy came up to me after he was like he was like you're really cute can i ask you out on a date i was like no but also i'm wearing sweatpants i mean yeah men are gonna sexualize men who sexualize so, women yeah. are gonna do it no matter what like that's, that's just that just goes to show like whatever i was thinking is just irrational yeah. like, oh no and i've learned as well that like i've always put out this like don't dress too much to draw too much attention from right. like men i've always wanted to seem like the friend the mm-hmm. sister and i never wanted guys to cross the line when it comes to like i didn't want them to see me as sexual because i still wanted to be their friend you know right but what i've learned is actually sometimes they like that because there's like she seems innocent we'll take away her in like i mean so you can't oh you just can't you can't control the narrative no <laughs> that's true and at the end of the day men suck yeah. except for the people who are listening to this yeah. they don't suck and I, like you know all five people <laughs> you never know yeah, never know if Katie becomes famous then we'll be like we had Katie Boyle on this you should I listen to know. it like if Leland had like so I was like a million followers on his TikTok and he didn't have a boost of listeners at all oh really sometimes you don't know yeah um what was I gonna say tell me about your first hookah story oh I don't remember it just remember being in a uh, bar and trying it but I always thought hookah because you said the other name is shisha shisha yeah, yeah I thought that was weed so I was, I was afraid oh. to have it I thought they were weed oh no it's just tobacco yeah I don't I'm, it was not in Dublin anyway it was like in Spain somewhere mm. and we tried it I, I feel like it feels like a dream but I feel like it was me and my two cousins like really young that was the only time yeah yeah, yeah. oh you know but you used to smoke cigarettes right yeah like, uh, wow is it 20 years no 20 a day I 20 ten, a day 10 okay. years yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. Yeah. Mm. I just smoked to be cool and then I really liked it uh, and then I was addicted uh, yeah. uh, smoking to be cool is really a thing hey with, when you're 13 you're listening yeah. to Nirvana and your cousin your older cousin is smoking with her hot boyfriend friend and you're trying to bottle your personality based on hers so you can get a hot boyfriend <laughs> as well <laughs> yeah, pretty that pretty much it yeah i remember kids in my neighborhood used to smoke and um so my brother is three years older than me and him and these girls in my neighborhood started smoking at the age of like 10 11 it was just like i think they were just stealing
steal like some from their parents, from my parents and their parents and, and just like start smoking in the in the park. And then I told on my brother. Yeah. Did he get in some trouble? In so you much trouble. Rat. I snitched. I big time snitched. Because my mom was like, because she was trying to like smoke only like three to four a day. And she'd be like, where are my cigarettes going? Because I'm not smoking them. And she started like being really anxious about like what was happening and like where was it going? And I told her. And he got a beating. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you broke the, si- the sibling. I broke the sibling. It's fine. He still smokes. It didn't happen. It had no effect on him. Yeah. 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 I, uh, we used to, uh, I'm having such trouble breathing lately. Uh, but we used to hide them in a tree or a bush mm-hmm. and I'd have like a spray in the bush. So I'd smoke. I went out the whole day. And on the way home, I'd put the cigarettes back in this bush, take out the spray oh. and just spray myself. I used to smoke in my bedroom. I would smoke like, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like all kids went through that phase. For some reason, I never did cigarettes, but obviously I smoke hookah now. But, you know. I loved it. When I'm like 80, I'll probably make it that far. Yeah, I'll be like, it's over now. I can smoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was nice. Um, yeah, nice after sex. Mm, so yeah. interesting. And people love it after a meal as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is to replace meals sometimes, especially if like I would work in a bar. So you'd get, get more breaks if you smoke. So you just go out and have a smoke break. Well, I remember I w- when I stopped smoking, I wasn't getting smoke breaks anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to have for smoke. Wow. That, that seems unfair. To be penalized for not smoking. Yeah. Well, it's just a culture because yeah. it's like, oh, well, they have an addiction. They need to go. Right. It's so annoying because we work in a bar and like they'd be gone like so much, like 15 mm. minutes every hour just to go for a smoke. And you'd be like, okay, I guess I'll just do all the work. Right. That is at least like an hour and a half a day on a shift or two hours. Yeah. If it's 15 minutes every hour, oh, they go out now that's like two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in re- Ireland. In fairness, in Ireland, people would go like maybe not as much. It mm. wasn't like that. There's something about working here though in bars. It's like, the bar culture, I, I was guess. like, these people are lazy. Mm. Like, I remember my boss who hired me was like, I like to hire Irish people <laughs> and immigrants in general, I'm sure. But he specifically hired me. There wasn't a lot of Irish working. And he is Irish. And usually Irish hire Irish, you know. Um, but it wasn't a lot of other Irish. And he was like, I, I, I'm glad that an Irish person applied because because there's no tipping culture in Ireland. Mm. Irish people behind the bar to work no matter what. Because you're right. like so used to, why wouldn't you work? And he said um, when he would hire Americans, uh, they it was quiet on a Tuesday. They would do nothing. They would be in the fridges. They would they just stand there on their phone or be out smoking the whole time. And then, but then he's like, okay, but now you're also working Thursday and getting $500 on a Thursday night. So he was like, whereas it's so engraved in me to always work when, when I clock in, of course I should. It doesn't matter right. about tips or not. But they were like, well, I'm not getting tips. Like, Your money is just coming to you. It's just coming later in the week. You should mm. still make sure the place is clean and good to go. Or they're like, we're bartending. We just make the drinks. And it's like, but it's just different in Ireland because you're like, you're, you're not working off tips. If you get right. tips, that's great. But you're like, paid. so you're just like, you're not being paid that much either. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the tipping culture here does kind of create that system where people are not encouraged to work unless they have to. So back in the day, I used to work at this supermarket in Denmark where... Do I they was, tip in Denmark? No, there's no tipping culture, but like there was... I was behind the... I was behind the kiosk selling alcohol and tobacco. Yeah. That was my job and at the supermarket. And then right across from me was the bakery section. And then there was the like the other section of the supermarket. So the people in the bakery would work really hard because they'd like constantly have people come in and sell ba- bread and pastry too. Whereas mine was like someone mostly like a couple of... Like, later in the evening people will come to buy their tobacco and like yeah. their vodka like go to parties so my job was so easy compared to anyone else's yeah. and you know usually when people were working like guys were working behind that they would just like chill the rest yeah. of the time like be on their phones or read something even though you're not supposed to do that whereas I would lose my shit I would just be like filling up and stocking yeah, up and like same. trying to see and then I would go over to the bakery and start working because it was like it's basically just it's the same area right so I would just go and work in the bakery and like clean up and do things yeah. because I was bored 
makes your shift go faster. Exactly. Instead of just waiting. Yeah, I remember my dad when I got my first babysit job being like, don't just, you know, sit and watch TV. That's what they'll tell you to do. But when the kid goes to bed, clean their dishes, help with other stuff, make sure the place is clean. So like, even when I was babysitting when I was young, I would always like, because he was like, you're getting paid to like work and do stuff. So I'd always like, go do jobs around the house. For the that's, in- that's, that's funny. That I probably would not have done. Yeah. Like, I hate cleaning. Yeah, but my dad was very much like, you better do their dishes or you better do something. They're paying you to be there. Don't just sit and watch TV. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, he probably would have never known, but I like based my personality then off being a hard worker to like, rest my dad. And I remember I got like, oh, you the year once. And this is like, this is like when I read your thing at a girl's night crisis. This mm. was my main identity crisis because I did so much. I was required to impress him. I get boy of the year. I called him, expected to be like, so proud of you. It was like, I mean, he was just like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, all right, you're not going to say anything else. And he was like, well, I hope you're not doing it for me. You should just do it for yourself. Like, you work the whole year hard for yourself. Like, just, you know, and I was just like, okay. But I remember being like devastated like, because I was like, I just, well, yeah. He is like right in one way because now I, you know, parents don't understand comedy. They're never going to be like, oh my God, great. My girlfriend's talking or my daughter's talking about, you know, how I had her from a weird, you know, right. sex scandal or whatever. Yeah. You're not, or whatever you're talking about. Like, unless you're like doing like, I don't know. Anyway, my, they're not exactly, parents don't really get comedy. Yeah. So, and I'm doing it, working hard for myself and to, to be proud of myself. <laughs> and yeah, you work so hard in comedy and there's so many people that don't do that. Like they want things, they want to be famous, they want to get recognition, but they're not willing to do the work. And seeing how hard you work. No, yeah, I was just saying, yeah, you work really hard and, and that comes from your, you know, personality of like working really hard now. But, and that means you do really well in comedy, you're out there hustling. But so many people who have had sort of cushy lives, never had to work a day in their lives. Yeah. They struggle working in comedy. They want to be famous and they yeah. want to get recognition, but they don't want to be out there doing work all the time. Yeah. So I think this is working out for you. Well. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the same thing. We talked about this before. My parents are like that too. Like I had a, I had a newspaper route since I was 13. Like that, that was my first job. And then yeah. got a job in the supermarket when I was 15. Another one when I was 16. And it just like always continued that way. We just always thought like you have to work. You have to yeah. contribute to what's happened to the home ec- economy. Yeah, yeah. My sisters now even like they, my sisters brothers have all been working there for the right. last. Yeah, and it's it's great for them because they have yeah. their own money and can buy their own stuff and say me, have your own money. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, I remember my old boss, uh, my professor in Cambridge, he was like, his, his kids were like 15 and they were doing like A-levels or whatever people do in the UK. And he was like, oh, my, my daughter has this friend who's 15 and has a job after school. And I was like, and? Like, yeah. what's the story? And he was like, I just think that's really messed up because she should be focused on school exclusively. I was like, this is the most privileged thing I've yeah. ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. Like so many people can't just do yeah. school. Yeah, he's literally probably judging the parents. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm sure for in that situation, that girl has asked for stuff or wants a phone bill or wants a phone. The parents are like, we can't afford it if you right. want to go out and work. And then probably the 15 year old was probably like, yeah, I want to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and I don't think it stops you from your studies because you worked and you're like a neuroscientist. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not. But I mean, for me, like I even found when I was working more, like I don't work as much with comedy. Like I just do comedy for the main point. But when I was working, it meant that I had to schedule in time to write jokes. It's like, okay, well, I'm working eight hours a day. Like on my break, I'll write. Like mm. I should write. Uh, so I do think when you are doing a lot, you schedule better. So right. like for my sister, she was working and, or my brothers, they were working all the way up until doing their leaving cert and doing sports. And they got like two of the like highest points you wow. can get. So it's not, I don't, it didn't stop from their no. studies. No, it doesn't stop. It does it just, just schedule it's better. discipline. It like yeah, makes, it makes you, you discipline. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then like my brother, I came home from America, when I was coming home from America, he was able to ask me to buy him jorts. Like mm. in what world would he be able, would my 
my parents would be able to afford Jordans. Really? Never. Mm. They would never spend $130 on a pair of shoes. That's like yeah. against my dad's religion. He used to buy me the wagers because <laughs> he didn't want to spend money. Oh, so, okay. But they were like, you know, you earned it and you're, yeah. doing, you're doing well and that's your money. So it's like, it's not coming. My parents don't ask for money off them, but it's not coming out of their money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's the same. That's why I started working as well. I was like, I want these things and my parents will never buy them for me. So that was the way for me to do that. Like sneakers and jeans that I wanted. So I was able to buy it myself. Yeah. And but, your parents should yeah. have to give up like this, this, this idol, uh, ideology or whatever, this way of thinking that you provide everything for your kids. Bad mm. too. Like I think, yeah. you know, they should, they don't need to have yours. My brother worked really hard and he could afford them. Great. Mm-hmm. And he's also 18. But there's no, they don't need the best phone. They don't need. Right. So like when the parents are going without just to their kids. That's, yeah. It's like, it's, it's true. Honestly. Yeah. Like my nephew is now at an age where he asks for things that are like grand stuff. Yeah. Like that is so new because he's like turning 10 in, in a month, two months. So he asks for brands now. And that's really normal in Denmark because people have disposable incomes. Yeah. So everyone really cares about brand clothing. But you know, growing up, we we didn't get that, right? But now, like, obviously, you your sneakers are Nikes or Adidas, right? Like, we have a certain standard now, but, but for a 10-year-old to care. So I was talking to him on the phone and my brother was like, so he really wants these Air 270s. Um, I was like, all right, I guess I can buy them, buy him some of those. And then my nephew was like, no, I want Jordans. Jordans? Like, I don't, okay, fine. But a 10-year-old asking for all this, yeah. it seems weird to me. I will just say, though, you can get them way cheaper. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So that I buy, in, I buy in the boys section. Yeah. Oh, Whereas okay. my brother is 18, so he's baby. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. It's going to yeah. be 150, whatever. Well, the thing is actually, so all those brands were cheaper here than in Denmark oh, yeah. until recently. Because oh. now, prone, like the because of the recession now, it's actually the same price yeah, yeah, yeah. as in Denmark. So they're also really expensive now. Yeah. The do- oh, because they, they don't use euro, do they not? No. It's oh, because the euro and the dollar are the same as well. And pounds and dollar is like, like it's almost the same. It's like the yeah. same as the dollar, yeah, which so is crazy. But that is weird. That's the thing, which I know people don't like fast fashion or whatever, but in Ireland, pennies, Primark is like like so popular and all the girls get their outfits there and all the, like yeah. everybody, which is like, I know people will be like, oh, fast fashion is bad, but it's good for the parents because then it's like, you can get a whole wardrobe in a hundred euro. Oh my God. Even maybe less than a hundred euro. Yeah, I love it. Oh yeah. We shouldn't love it because it is like deeply problematic, but just the fact that, you know, you go in, you take a piece of like, you take some trousers and they cost three pounds and you're like, there's no fucking way that this cost three pounds. Like, what did you pay the people who made this and yeah. what, where did you mine the content for yeah. making these tra- Like, right? It's like super problematic. Yeah. I always feel though, like, you know, people will be like, you shouldn't use Amazon. It's like, they always seem to target the people. Like they say it like to the public and it's like, well, talk to the rich people. Like the people with yeah. money are also using, you know, like I feel like when people have money, I don't know. I feel like I, you know, like poor parents, I'm like, mm. I get it. You can't. Yeah, but for I, sure. I think the issue is that so like I was listening to an Irish podcast and they're talking about fast fashion. I've always bought stuff from pennies, but, um, and the thing is it's by quality. It mm. dies after a while, but I never put it in the dryer and I have a pair of dungarees that I've had on pennies that I've had since I was 15. And I mean, I don't have most of my childhood objects because when I left, I just like walked out one day with just a school bag. I went back and grabbed those and that was one of the items those I grabbed, but um, I still have those. Now the button is starting to get ripped, but for the main point, I've never put them in a dryer. So like, even though it's like, cause it's fast fashion because people use it, wear it once, throw it away. I'm like so careful with my mm. money. I will buy cheap clothes and have them forever. Really? I have a jacket from pennies that I got for $10 or 10 euro or eight euro, sorry, forever ago. The only, I have a pair of shoes I got for eight euro that I've worn for every single fancy outing. So like a weddings, anniversaries, when we, me and Lila went on that cruise and those shoes are still good to go. They're just high heels, silver ones. And I, I, I just don't, I don't buy loads of things. Like I, I have 
have a dress that I got a picture of in me on Instagram 10 times, 10 different occasions. Every time people go, oh my God, I love that dress. Where did you get that dress? Because people don't fucking remember this whole idea that we have to wear a different outfit. Right. They don't care. I look, yeah. I like their memory is gone within a week. I could post it every week. No one's going, she posts that many times. You know what I mean? Oh, and it's yeah. a dress. That was a dress that was like a hundred euro that an aunt got for me. And I've had for like 12 years that I've worn to every fancy. That's event. wild. That I'll probably wear friends with <laughs> in two weeks. That's amazing. I have to say that's because I don't keep my stuff. It's I'm one of the problem actually. <laughs> well, I'm because, still part of the problem because I'm still buying cheap. But like, no, not but you're yet. keeping it. You're yeah. not wasting that stuff. Like, I think I would definitely be wasting if I was going to, even if I go to H&M and I buy t-shirts, like the same t-shirt in five different colors. I, my dad calls me tight and I don't think I'm tight. I'm just terrible because I grew, mm. he, he didn't grow up with me and my mother. My mother had like a spending. She oh. would buy all this shit that no one needed, that none of us needed, that I didn't need. We had like all this stuff and then we would like, she'd be like stressed about eating that week because she just was like not mentally well. Oh. So I grew up where there wasn't money. She was constantly remortgaging the house. She was constantly losing her job uh, and constantly fighting with people and she was afraid to use the oven because it might blow up. So it was like, we all, it was just weird. We didn't mm. eat really well and we didn't have things. So for me, it's like, I never want to not have money. So I just isn't work. Like those shoes I have, they're, they're, they were $150. But I take care of them. I only wear them out for good occasions. That's probably where I spend my money mainly is sneakers. Well, sneakers are an investment because they last long and the more you spend on them, the more they'll last, I feel. So I feel like that. I'm just like that. Yeah. I'm not sure we're using the word investment, right? Because, you know, it should, there should be a return, I think. My feet look Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the return. I feel because I feel like, you know, I never buy those high heels I brought pennies were fine because, you know, they're getting like, they've gotten maybe like 10 wears. I've had them for like 10 years, but they're only for a nice occasion. Whereas when you buy a pair of like runners from pennies, they last like a month. By the time yeah. you buy eight of those, you would have been better off spending the $100 on a pair of yeah. nice, comfortable nice yeah. or nikes, as they say here. I find the same way with jeans. So I, yes. I care a lot about buying jeans that are good quality and then I'll take good care of them. Because in the past, like I would always get jeans from H&M and, mm. you know, whatnot. And just, they would just be, they would just rip so quickly because yeah. like, I have big thighs. So you get like yeah, a lot of I used to get friction. That on the H&M ones as Yeah, well. the H&M ones. And, and I would always bike to work. So that friction yeah. would eventually, they will all rip right by the thigh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with the more, like the more you spend on jeans, the better they are really. No, so I like, I mean, yeah, we should just yeah. spend more on clothes and then just keep them and not worry and just have about fewer items, wear. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, I have three jeans that I wear all the time and all the other clothes, like I have so much clothes and I don't wear, the, wear it, but it's just like, it's there in case. That's yeah. just stupid. I mean, though, you yeah. never know though. I was really annoyed that I guess I by accident throughout this week. It was a tweed blazer and I was like, I know this will come back in fashion, but I must have lost it in one of my moves. So when mm. I went to look for it recently, I find it. It just came back into fashion. Damn. I'm, a, I'm a big on keep stuff because you never know. And I, I, I've pulled out stuff years later and then worn like, uh, I'm trying to think, there's definitely something recently that I hadn't worn for years, but I pulled back out and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. It gets like a new lease of life. Mm. I don't like, tra- I did recently I just did. dump a ton of stuff to charity. Oh, and I got paid a hundred, like a gift card from Buffalo Exchange. What is Buffalo Exchange? Okay, if you bring all your clothes that you're not wearing anymore, they'll give you a, a card to like buy in there again. So I do need to go back there and, and buy some. Oh, that's nice. So at least that way you're given and then you're getting an, ex- it's an exchange mm. basically. So that's like a kind of, I like that. But, um, but that, yeah. that was just because I was moving in with Leland and his apartment is fucking railroad. So I was like, I can't bring all of this stuff. Yeah. I just like, it really breaks my heart. All the stuff I had to buy every time I moved to a new country. Yeah. And and I would be like, I can't move away from this place with five suitcases. So let me dump three suitcases at the charity shop. Like, I mean, it goes to like good cause, but all of that stuff I then had to rebuy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's been so much money on just the same stuff again and again. I know, that's really hard. Yeah, it's so messed up.
stuff. I was gonna ask you something, and now it just it just slipped my mind. ADD? Should we talk about ADD? Sure. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So I I sent you that um that little the test to see if you have ADD, right? Wait, what I, did you get out of fifty eight? Because you said I got worse. You I got forty eight. Forty eight. Okay. You got fifty three. No, I thought I got fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Okay, I got forty eight. Pretty close. It's pretty close. And it was like it was like attention deficit disorder, likely. <laughs> and it says like so if you get forty or above. Because when I saw fifty, but maybe it was fifty three. Now you say I'm gonna check. But when I saw it was above fifty, I was like, and I saw it at fifty eight, I was like, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm not. And then I checked and it was like above forty, and I was like, oh no, yeah, am. Um, yeah. I mean, it's still not. We still would have to get an official diagnosis from a healthcare worker, like a. I don't th- want to because that's already tablets. I don't that's when they give you medication, but the medication you can sell. could help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be a, a drug dealer now. No, I'd feel too guilty. I'd be worried some would happen to them. But uh, fifty out of fifty eight. Okay, I got forty eight, and yeah, the thing about that is I've been thinking I, I was thinking for the longest time about how I was dealing with things and how I was never able to like pay attention to when I'm le- at a lecture or you know yeah. watching a movie or anything like I, w- yeah. I could just never pay attention and I always felt so guilty and so inadequate and so stupid when that was happening mm-hmm. even though I would say like I'm a pretty high functioning person but I felt like I was missing something and then to be like oh wait maybe I do have ADHD and when I noticed really that I had I was doing something that wasn't normal was when I was um, writing my PhD thesis and when I was reading these journals, these papers to look for like research and like write about it, I realized how fucking fast my brain was going and I was enjoying it so much because I was like, like a sponge, it was just coming to me and I was just generating ideas and it was just like, ah, you know, it was one of those moments. And then I realized like, wait, it's not because I can't concentrate. It's because things are moving too fast. It's not that I don't get it. It's just that it's more like my brain wants things to move so fast that I get distracted when I'm reading at a lecture that's going at regular yeah, pace yeah, yeah. and that was like knowing that was kind of a game changer because then I was like okay I can listen to, thing, at two things at like 2x speed instead of yeah. 1x I saw something on TikTok and it said this guy was explaining that ADD people are here and this is the future they something about how we're more in the present and that the, the, you can't see the future and mm. I, I don't know how that relates to you um, I don't understand that what does that mean I don't know I thought I would say it and you would explain it to me <laughs> <laughs> the only way I can because I relate to everything you said I guess I should say that first I relate to I would follow I really I studied art in college and excelled at it um, and you know that's what took me over to New York uh, and I had a like a high GPA in it I think like the highest you can get is 4 and mine was 3.95 or something oh, wow. like that so the only thing that took me down was my thesis I got all A's and then I got like a B plus in my thesis mm-hmm. or something like that so just a little bit um, but it was art history I truly enjoy it and love hearing about it and I love going to museums when I can learn it on my own time but uh, every art history lecture you would turn off the light and his voice was so monotonous I, I fell asleep every Monday morning wow every so, myself up by boring or ferreting <laughs> that's definitely happened but I mean yeah and in school too like so the highest point you can get is at the time when I was in school for for our leaving cert for our end of year of your end of six years SAT I guess they call it here um, I don't know what it is in Denmark but it's 600 so 200 is failing and so when I was in school when I did my mock exam I got 220 and then I left the school because I had 
just cut out my mother and I ended up moving in with my dad and it was so far and I was traveling up and I kind of just went fuck it I'm just going to stay at home and study but studying instead of I just can't concentrate listening and I, I daydream and my brain can't mm. concentrate on it and it just goes off and um, especially when you're in a class where you're not one-on-one and that just environment doesn't suit my brain but when I was at home studying myself and my uncle and my aunt Arthur they gave me like grinds and stuff and um, so one-on-one lessons in those three months I went from 220 to when I did my exams three months later I got 445 points wow. that's a huge 445 points man I could get into like I could have gotten into loads of colleges but mm. I hadn't applied I hadn't wrote down any of them too because I never in my wildest dreams thought I would have got more than 300 wow. so I got 145 more than I actually thought I would uh, but it's just because that learning environment isn't and again when I was young I was told I was hyperactive that if they let go of my hand I would just run, around, run away mm. so like they, my grandmother would call me Kitty the Hare because I would just <laughs> run uh, so definitely everything they said in the test as well I was like that feels like just spacing out like sometimes mm. just getting lost and stuff you say you get lost in a book like I would miss if I'm reading a book I would miss the train book I could miss my stop but also if there's any distraction in the in the thing like I have to have it a certain way where like my, my watch is ticking now and I can't have that I take oh it off oh my god I, that would it. drive me mad yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just really like and I've started wearing stage again just because I wore it for the long set and then you see now while we've been doing the podcast I've had it under here to stop ticking mm. um, but I have to hide it in the couch I can't watch TV while I hear it I can't Leland can't be on his phone if we're watching TV together because the light distracts me similar to what you had said before yeah. I think what that TikToker is getting at that, that famous doctor was saying that we're more in the moment which I would say I am like I have plans of great plans but I don't really the thought of doing stuff makes me actually uh, shut down a little bit like the thought of when I'm doing it so how do I like so if I'm like oh my god next week I have to do this I feel very overwhelmed where if I'm just like write a plan day mm-hmm. by day and tick it off each day that's yeah. easier I can do that but if I'm like I didn't do yesterday's to-do list and I've got a plan for next week I'll feel like I, I just sort of like procrastinate and have to watch TV it just it overwhelms yeah that feeling is so it, yeah I recognize everything you say as well one thing that really struck me and I was like wow I can't believe this is a symptom of, of ADD is you know when you don't do things like you know you don't pay bills or you don't deal with some paperwork that for that to be a part of ADD is amazing to me because I've had struggles with that mm. since I was like I moved out from my parents place when I was 19 oh my god I forgot to pay the last um, electricity bill from my old place oh my god you just scared me I'm so like, much <laughs> sorry that was just a real life moment and you remind me after this because they're probably yeah, sending yeah, yeah. Um, letters to the old address okay yeah yeah oh yeah con it yes I'll remind you later you want me to cut this out or can you keep no no let them see <laughs> did the you, real did you ADD? pay your bills yeah this is no, it no but yeah yeah um, sorry go ahead uh, no that's but that to me is like even if I knew now so what you did now was like you realize I would push that away until it became a problem I mean I've pushed it away putting it in to-do list like right now my credit has been frozen for like six months and the anxiety of just calling up and saying can you unfreeze my yes. credit is is more than oh my god and right now it's like my when I go to apply for a house they're gonna be like you've bad credit history just because I could do this the past six yeah. months and it's it's that thing that's exactly what my life is like like there are things that like I have this library book the library is right there <laughs> I could just go and I drop know. it off but no that book is just accumulating yeah it's just here it's just waiting for me to take it but the anxiety of going and doing that very basic thing is fucking crazy yeah. it's so debilitating it's and so I know my credit history is a mess I know, I know. <laughs> I'll never I'll never get a loan for sure and you know every day I put it in my to-do list again credit. every day six months credit. credit I still haven't done it there was another one where they said um, oh do you forget to do things that you do all the time mm. today walking here I had to post on my Instagram story I'm so sorry I forgot the podcast will come later. I have been working on the podcast for nearly four years right. and every Tuesday I go oh, what am I meant to say? And then I go about my business and then I have to go, I have to post and be like, sorry, it's coming soon. 
like, I, it doesn't make sense. I forget to do nor like things that are consistent. And I do mm. one time my bank card number just fell out of my head. I'd been using it for years and I had to get a new one. I never remembered it. It just fell out of my, like, that doesn't make that sense. That is wild. Eh? Yeah. It's just that one neuron that's just like stopped working that day. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. And I, yeah, I'm so, I'm, I felt so that's why when you were like, I don't want to go, I don't want to get the official diagnosis. There's a part of me that's like, even just knowing that this could be the reason I act in this way felt like a relief because some, yeah. you know, when you're like insecure about yourself, you're like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I acting? Well, this seems like something that most adults are able to do, but somehow I just cannot. Like literally last, so June 2021 is when I moved here. In July, I so I called my UK phone company and I said, I need to cancel my, my phone with you because I, I have moved. And they were like, okay, we've canceled all your accounts with us. And then I noticed July, August, they kept like charging me money. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept waiting. I was like, they're going to stop. September, October, but November, I called them and I'm like why are you still charging me money and they were like we're not charging you I was like I can see in my bank you're charging me and they were like um we don't know there's wait they were like there's this extra thing here I was like what is it for they were like you've created it at this point and this time I was like no I've never created that thing some sort of fraud right and they were like okay well we'll stop it and we'll dispute it and you can like we'll tell it to our fraud team kept waiting nothing was happening I was like I should call but the idea of calling waiting on the line made me nauseous and then sometime (laughs) January February I was like, let me just send an angry email. I'm very good at sending angry emails. Send an angry email being like, I need an immediate refund for everything since July and still nothing. And then yesterday I looked at my bank account and they had not only are they still charging me, they had increased, tripled Stop. the amount they were charging me That's for insane. the last four months. That's insane that you yeah. do that. That's illegal. So I then called my bank and I was like, and this was like last resort, right? Like I was like, I need to call the bank, call the bank now. And it was and just because the bank was very helpful. They were like, okay, you've you've called them, you've asked them, you told them that it's fraud, you've asked them to give you a refund. If they are not doing that, then we can like we'll take over. So that was great. Like that was great. They did all of that. So the bank was immediately helpful. But I could have called my bank 15 months ago and said, just cancel this thing. But no, <laughs> I, know. Like, <laughs> I know exactly because as you're saying this story, I'm like relating so hard because for Leland's birthday, I bought him tickets to the Book of Mormon. I hear that. They oh, were, yeah. I have no idea whether it's good or not, but he just said that he really wanted to go and it was really expensive. Mm. and I was like you know what I should just get it he's a good boyfriend and then I guess the screen refreshed so I actually bought the tickets for the day I was buying them and not for his birthday oh no and when it came to his birthday I didn't have the tickets and I called it took me like a month to call because I had so much anxiety about it and I did they put me through and they said yeah we'll get back to you and that was in March and I haven't called again since I haven't followed up because and at this point Leland's like whatever it's just gone like they're not gonna mm. but I just like I should have kept calling and my therapist was like you better stay on this they just gave me too much honestly yeah. it was like worth paying 300 to not have to deal with the anxiety of trying to get those that tickets. is so much money to be sp- yeah no I, think- I mean it's not really worth it but that's how i justified it yeah i mean i probably should still i'd be afraid though it's with- giving anxiety right now right thinking about that i know oh <laughs> i would be afraid that if they did there's two things like they'll diagnose because i was diagnosed as a kid with ad okay i think because my mother told me a lot of weird shit and just got- she told me that i was diagnosed with add and dyslexia but then i never heard anything more about it and it never mm. really it never really came up again or you know so i don't really know anymore but i i'm pretty sure someone said as a kid i had it um but i'd be afraid now that they'd either i don't want to do meds or they'd give me meds and my life would be so much easier but i wouldn't be as creative or as like quick on stage or as like my ideas form in this like mental but then i don't know maybe maybe life would be easier so i don't know you know i used to say the exact same thing even about going to therapy i was like my pain is what keeps me driving i am so good at the things i do because i have a constant fear of failing and that's just not healthy right 
And once I started doing therapy, I realized that, wait, no, I am actually capable of the things I do. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's the driving factors change. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. better at comedy. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want to go to you for 15 right? years. Well. So I think this is how we sort of also prevent ourselves from, from like growing. But one of my friends recently told me that he got diagnosed and that he's on medication now. And he had had that exact same worry that you and I were, are having about this. And he said it helped him so much to take the medication because now the things that used to bother him so much don't bother him as, as much anymore. Like he mentioned one thing that I really related to. You know, when let's say I'm supposed to go out and meet a friend and then they tell me this person's joining. That would bother me so much because I wasn't prepared to see that other person. There are days where it doesn't bother me, but most often something unexpected will really bother me. And he mentioned that. And that also is in the in the in the test as well. Yeah. Some like unexpected things. How do you deal with that? And, and I, he was like, now those things don't bother me much. I don't think much about them anymore. And I just like go on with my day. It's like, whoa, I can't believe this is all due to like some sort of yeah. mind fuck. I don't I know. Would, I would like to take it if it would help me not. Because when people do things I wouldn't do, they really bother. It really annoys me. Like when mm. a friend, like, my, you know, like my friend, the whole situation recently where they did something that annoyed me. I wanted to be like, even when that upset me, I wanted to be the person where it just rolls off my back. And I'm like, whatever. He's just not a very considerate mm. person. Just leave it like that. But it like, yeah. so I wonder if that has to do with it as well. Like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe just being more irritated. Yeah. Wonder. It's worth having a second opinion, at least knowing. Like, even if you just knew for sure, if I knew for sure that I have it, I don't think that self test is enough evidence. <laughs> but if I knew for sure, I'd at least be like, I'm feeling this way about it. That's because of my ADD. And then maybe navigate, yeah. you know. When I was Who younger, knows? I used to have a joke about having ADD. And I would say, like, not younger, but like, it's just not a joke in my set anymore. Because, uh, but it was that I don't want to take medication. I can't remember how it goes, so I'm going to fuck it up. But it was something like how I don't want to take medita- medication because, or no, wait, what is it? They say take medication because it will like slow down your thoughts and you'll be able to think clearly. And it's like, it's my fucking mirror. I don't want right. to know what I'm actually thinking. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you don't want to. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you some like quick fire biology questions to see if you like remember your sure. biology. I don't, I don't okay. remember a thing about biology. Do you remember what neurons are? Maybe because you just told me it's brain cells. Brain cells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that you thought it was brain electricity. Yeah, oh, yeah. Been. I thought it was brain electricity. You know what a protein is? Uh, it's a state. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But my doctor told me I have no protein in my wee. Is that good? In your wee? In my urine, yeah. Oh, wow. Is that good or bad? She said it like I should know what it means. And I get so embarrassed that I don't understand the doctors. I've just nodded, but I don't know what You probably shouldn't have protein in your in your wee. Oh, so she was saying it as a good thing. Yeah, no, I think I so. I thought it was like I needed to eat or something. Oh, was a byproduct maybe? Oh, I don't know. Should like I? what kind? You should have asked more into it. I'll ask more Okay. Questions. You didn't ask? You were like, is it good or no, bad? doctors intimidate. Because I feel like they say things like you should know and then I should act like I should know and that's, I don't know fully what they're talking That's about. a part of it. Like they just try to seem smarter than they are. Yeah, like even when I was recently at a doctor for a specific thing, I had questions I wanted to ask, but she made me feel like such an idiot that I was like, I even ask this. Yeah, that's upsetting. Okay, so do you remember from school what photosynthesis is? Uh, the plants delight. Nice. <laughs> and um, do you know what mitochondria are? No, but I've seen it in American movies where they talk about it. it's like cells splitting up. That's mitosis. Oh, but no, it's I learned that from Sabrina. From Sabrina? Yeah, because we didn't learn that school. I don't remember that. I'm sure you did learn it in biology. I didn't really do biology though. Not even like lab- basic biology? Just for biology? the first three years, yeah. But yeah. I don't remember. But anyway. those, in, even in those, you should. Okay. Um, What is the, what is. What was the one you asked? Mitochondria? Mi- mitochondria? What is that? Oh, it's the cell's energy house. So that's where it creates energy from from sugar and, and oxygen. So then it makes energy. Do you know what in- energy like as a molecule is? ATP? No. Does that ring a bell? No. no. Okay. Good. I just wanted to see like what baseline was here. So. Very low. Okay. Lower any expectations. <laughs> All right. Okay. So next time we talk more biology, I should just try. What was like, the other question? Um, I was going to ask, what was the other question? 
Um, well, I was gonna say what do what the what do cells use to make energy? But I already told you, uh, sugar and blood, yeah, oxygen. sugar and oxygen, yeah, sugar especially. Oxygen just helps the reaction. Yeah. So for instance, when your muscles, you know that feeling of like lactate, lactic acid, lactate, like acid in your muscles no. when you're tired, like when you've gone for like a run, cramp? like when you've gone for a run and you feel like acid in your muscles, like you like extreme workout. Okay, you, I've done none of these, but yeah, oh. <laughs> I've never done an extreme workout. <laughs> like most people have tried an extreme workout, and like even just PE or something, yeah. right? And then muscles, like they, they build up acid and they feel like they're on fire. Like your muscles feel like they're on fire. And that's because oxygen runs out because you, you, you use what you have. Yeah. And so they have to make energy in a, without oxygen and that creates acid in your muscles. So, so that's, that's just, bad. Yeah, that's, it's natural, but it's not ideal. Well, Katie, you know, I can talk to you forever, but let's end it here. Where can people find you? Katie will find and I have a podcast called The Shit. I forget all the time. Yes. She listen, and you can find me on Janzudistat, C-A-N-S-U-D-I-S-T-A-T on Instagram and Janzu Comedy on TikTok. Please follow the podcast, listen, rate, comment, uh, join my Patreon, join Katie's Patreon. Thank you for listening.